JJ Stone, aka Doctor. It's April 10th, episode 16, IQMZ Sports. Say what up to the people, Jason Ferguson. What's going on, guys? We took one week off. We're back now, and we're uh, we're bringing friends along for the ride today. What did we take last week off for, though? We took last week off because Owen actually watched the NCAA championship game. Oh, we gonna talk about that. <laughs> but first, introduce the guest, Jason. Uh, we have a friend of mine, another uh, host that I work with on a different show, Rashawn Reeves, host co-host of The Red Zone with Kelly and Rashawn. Rashawn, say what's up to everybody. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for having me on. Rashawn, quick question. Uh, what's your team? What's, what, what team are you repping in football? Eagles, baby, all the way. <laughs> I'm from Philly. All day. Okay, so you, you Phillyed out then? Oh, yes, sir. Okay, then that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, a quick question as a preview to all the people. We're going to be talking about golf later. Who here watches golf? <laughs> Raise your hand. You watch? Oh, it would be. Y'all watching golf. <laughs> ain't no tiger. We ain't watching. Well, anywho, um, <laughs> we got uh, 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 Seamus Amos on the production. He just turned 92 years old last week. Happy birthday to my boy. He out here producing the streets. Oldest producer in America still killing it. <laughs> out here with the three screen. Got Rashad on mobile. Let's talk about some sports. So we, as we talked about in the opener, we watched, I watched some uh, college basketball, NCAA uh, men's tournament, and I wanted nothing more than Frank's team to lose. <laughs> That's all I wanted to happen. Yeah, he was rooting hard for those Tar Heels, man. After they took that heartbreaking loss last year, Frank was really uh, hoping they could pull that one out. And that game was terrible. Rashad, let's talk about you. Rashad, what did you think of the game? I mean, I I expected I expected a good game. It turned out to be a good game. I'm actually happy that North Carolina won. Uh, you know, they came close last year against my villain over Wildcats. Uh, that was, I think that was the greatest basketball game, college basketball game I ever saw. And, you know, I'm happy for them. You know, at least they made it back to the, you know, championship game. It's more than I can say for my villain over Wildcats. I mean, first of all, as far – I mean, I'm not really a college guy, but nobody ever really goes back-to-back to, back to win. It's too hard. So yeah, even though everybody leave. predicts it, and for it, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, once you lose a couple guys to the league, man, it's impossible to get back. It's it's hard to get a team to gel that quickly and to do all that and to make that deep of a run. You need a lot of luck to go your way. Well, well I think though, I, th- I think though, with with this team though, they had they had a few pieces from last year. Uh, they did uh, lose Archie Diakono and Oshefu, you know, uh, but they 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 were still the number one overall seed going into the tournament. And I do believe that they got, you know, out of the number one seeds, they probably had the hardest, you know, uh, bracket to reach the final four. Uh, playing Wisconsin, you know, they had, you know, seniors. Uh, they've been uh, three prior Sweet 16s before that. So they were well experienced. But it still was no excuse. Villanova had a seven-point lead with like three minutes left, and they blew it. Uh, so, listen, I ain't expect Villanova to go back-to-back, back, but I expected them to get out of their first week. You know, you're the number one overall seed. And more so than ever, though, in college uh, basketball, the turnover rate's so high 
where guys are only coming in to do a one and done because they're forced into it, that the teams can't sustain a back-to-back run. Now, now Villanova, as you were saying, kept a lot of their team, but at the same time, uh, other teams were loaded for bear. So, you know, it, it was rough. My biggest thing about watching that game, it was a hard game to watch. Gonzaga just, first of all, missing chippies all night. Like, you're just blowing layups like I'm playing 2K on Superstar. Like, what's going on? You're at the rim. Put it in the hole. Dunk dunk the ball. It was so hard to watch. And then the refs just, I mean, I don't want to put it on the refs because the game was so close that the refs couldn't have really determined the game. You know what I mean? But they weren't helping the flow of the game. I was, it, it was, it was like one of the worst, it was like watching my daughter play middle school basketball. It was hard to watch sometimes. For sure. You feel that? Uh, or was that yeah, just for me? Sure. No, those refs, every time uh, it started to get a little bit up and down, the refs stopped it for something to review something. There was a foul. The second half was filled with fouls. Gonzaga lost both their big men with foul trouble. Their uh, Collins, their power forward, he fouled out. He was, uh, he was a problem for North Carolina in the first half until he got into foul trouble. And then the shooting in that game, because the NCAA moves those games to the bigger arenas to fit more people in to make more money, was just terrible. Pinson from North Carolina, or Pinson, I think he was 0 for 12 from 3. And he wasn't just, like, barely missing those threes. He was throwing up bricks like me in middle school. <laughs> uh, Sean, do you think the flow of the game was straight or you just were like I mean, the flow of the game was fine for me I mean, it's college basketball Like The kids was nervous It's the national championship You know, Gonzaga, listen I, I never expected Gonzaga to make it to the You know, the championship game You know, uh, so them kids played their hearts out It's just that North Carolina was more hungry You know, and they, and they got it done uh, but I, I think the flow of the game was cool, you know. I, I, you know, look, it was what it was. I was, I was more so checked out, you know, after you know, <laughs> my team lost. You know what I mean? You know, I was just <laughs> yeah. watching. Watch you see what I'm saying? So I, I, I think. Listen, it was a well, it was a well. Listen, you know, kids is gonna make mistakes. You know, it's the national championship. Millions and millions of people are watching. You know, Gonzaga came out nervous. North Carolina, they play like they've been there before. And that's why they're the national champion. Speaking of these kids, before we move on to the next story, the coach of North Carolina got a bonus of $925,000. Do you know what the kids got? A T-shirt and a coach ride home. A hat that they're not allowed to give to anyone for anything. <laughs> it's oh God, it makes me I sick. That's, I, yeah, that, that's absolutely ridiculous, man. Uh, we'll we'll I, have you back on to talk about slave labor because that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole to do. It's the worst. Um, Let's talk about these ladies, okay? Now, this is a game, again, I don't watch college basketball, and I really don't watch ladies' college basketball. Nope. But in the second quarter, my Twitter was blowing up. Somebody had texted me. The internet was ablaze, and they was like, UConn's got a barn burner going on. And I'm like, UConn, ladies? They was like, yes, sir. And I jumped on that game when they were playing against, I think it was Mississippi. Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Mississippi State. Yo, did mm-hmm. did either one of you guys watch this game? I did. I did. Yeah, I did the same thing you did. I was not watching it, and then as I'm going through social media, I'm like, uh, looks like something's happening here. So I jumped out of bed, turned it on right as it was going to overtime, and then finished it out. And uh, I still can't believe they lost. It totally ruined my bracket. 
Like, <laughs> I actually like that they lost. I actually like that they lost, and it was a it was a close game throughout. Uh, you know, I kept getting alerts on my phone, so I watched the second half, and I just knew coming down the stretch that you know uh, Mississippi State they was playing with nothing to lose. They was a twenty point underdog going into that game. UConn, you know, <laughs> they fizzled down the end. They fizzled down the end. Uh, I believe Gino Oriyama probably should have, uh, you know, called the timeout, you know, to uh, settle his, his his kids down. But, you know, it was what it was. I think it's good for the game because I'm tired of seeing UConn dominate like that. They're just well, going to go back in, to it, though. In the, in the overtime, you know, what happened with one of the plays was there was a foul called, and they went to review it at the next break. And then they reversed and gave the ball back. And then they got some um, a couple of free throws. But even then... Like, as far as him calling a timeout, there really wasn't much he could do in overtime because they were calling timeouts and he was running plays. It's just the Mississippi State was getting those, those tip balls and they weren't complaining. The UConn right. girls really had it on their face like, I deserve this. This is mine. Why are you letting them take it from me? And them other girls is like, well, we're going to take it because uh, they were out there balling. And, and the one girl... Uh, the center from Mississippi State wasn't even that great, but in overtime she got like two free layups, and boy, she stuck them. She st- <laughs> and they were running the clock down, and she was like, I think she only had like eight points, so she had like four of those points in overtime, which she wasn't doing nothing the whole rest of the game. But they were so worried about the outside jump shot, they were just leaving the middle wide open. They were not disciplined going down the end, and I feel like he almost was like, Look, you girls are either gonna do it or you're not. Um, yeah, like, 111 games, right, two, championships. two national championships. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course those girls don't know how to handle adversity. They probably never lost a game in high school because if you're good enough to end up going to UConn, you probably dominated at the high school level. They haven't lost in 111 games. So, of course, once it got tight, the UConn girls didn't know how to respond. They rarely are in a close game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, that's, well, that's exactly the biggest part of it. That's exactly that's how I, it was. Mississippi State was playing with house money. You exactly. UConn, UConn, they 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 weren't close. I mean, used to you know being in close games. It's sort of like how Mike Tyson was when he used to box back in the day. He was so, he was so used to knocking people out, but when he got into a a long fight, with though he had to show you know his boxing skills like that, you know he kind of lost it. Yeah, he you know, couldn't he, do it. He was so used to knocking people out, you know. So. uh yeah, I, listen, I think it was an exciting game. Uh, congrats to Mississippi State. Uh, that girl, Morgan Williams, uh, she came down and nailed that shot. And <laughs> it was it was unbelievable, man. One of the things, you know, people will criticize um, the coach of UConn for is sticking with these ladies and not transferring on to men's college or mm-hmm. pros or something like that. And why doesn't he want to have a coach boys and men and all that kind of stuff? Number one reason why I would not switch if I was him, girls come there and stay for four years. He could build up a squad and always have a loaded squad. Okay, he lost today, but his program works. His system works. He about to go on another 82-game run easy. You know, maybe people see some chinks in the armor, but, I mean, nah, B. Like, I wouldn't move if I was him to save my life. He's going down as one of the greatest coaches ever. Ever. The only thing that could happen is, he, is if he went to another level is that gets disproven. And why would he want to risk that? And again, uh, when you go to 
<laughs> I absolutely disagree. I think I think winning all the time. I guess it can be fun, but if you if you listen, he's a coach, so he's competitive. Uh, you, you sometimes you just got to challenge yourself. You know what I mean? You know he's done everything that he could do at UConn. You know he can go on somewhere else, and they'll still recruit the way they recruit, and the next coach will go on a streak like he's going on. I think he needs to prove it at another level. Uh, I think he has a competitive advantage with the women uh, squad over there. I mean, all the great players come to him. I, I, I just think such an advantage for him. Uh, so I, I, I honestly don't believe. I know my co-host Kelly; she love him. Uh, but she she also from Connecticut. But I honestly do not believe I can't consider him a great coach when you when you got this, the chips is all stacked in your favor. You okay, know? first of all, first of all, to get the chips stacked in your favor, you got to get the George W's. You can't have girls just show up there without you getting the wins. First of all, so yeah. you got to give them some credit right there off the bat. Right. Second of all, all right, okay, so you don't think you don't think you don't think UConn itself sells itself. Oh, it definitely does now. It didn't when he first got there. It didn't when he first got there, and other colleges right, self sell themselves too. Yeah. You started who, winning. You start challenging. Who? Okay. Okay. Who? Who's the? Who's the winningest player in NBA basketball history? Bill Russell. Okay. Did Bill get tired of winning eleven championships, <laughs> or did he try to win thirteen and fourteen and fifteen? <laughs> like when when you're when when you're great at something in some place, there's something to stand there and having somebody come to beat you. At some point, Shaq breaks down. He's no longer the most dominant force in the league. Michael Jordan breaks down. He's like, at some point, things happen. And in coaching, especially, your, your system gets figured out. Your scheme gets figured out. It's for the other team to beat you. And when they can't be winning all the time, that's what everything in life is about, winning. It doesn't <laughs> matter if you're trying to get a job, bake the best cookie, or, you know what I mean, uh, be Baby Black 77 and wrap out all them 76 other Baby Blacks. <laughs> you trying to be the best. So, I mean, I get what you're saying because it, it's, it's boring to watch. It's one of those things where, again, it had a feeling to it. Like when somebody said in the second quarter, when I turned it on, I was like, ooh, this feels weird because I've watched a few UConn games because, you know, you hear about it. You're like, well, what's all this with them 92 wins in a row? And then, but that game, it was awesome. The feeling and the fact that they lost, oh, man. And now everybody really going to be coming for them because there's chinks in the armor. Now you got to see your coach a medal. Like, right, if you I, remember, I mean, there's only 13 girls on the team. So, uh, yeah, he's, maybe he's getting the best 13 girls in the country. Uh-huh. There's right, still remember, 14, 15, 16. 17, you know what I mean? There's, right. there's a lot of good players out there. Yeah, Tennessee used to be the dominant program in women's college ball. And uh, I don't know if either of you know this because I really don't. Does UConn still run the same system all the time, or do they adapt it to the different types of players that they have? Because I know sometimes they have, you know, a center that's good. Sometimes they have guards that are good. I, I don't watch enough of their games to know if he switches his system up year after year. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, but, I don't. <laughs> uh, I, I listen, your Bill Russell analogy, I think, kind of uh, fall flat a little bit because Bill Russell was playing at the highest level. Uh, yeah, of course you want to keep winning. You know, when you're playing in the NBA or if you're playing in the NFL, he's coaching women's college basketball. That's not that's not, that 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 that's not even the highest level for women. You know, they got the WNBA. He won't even go up to that. Ratings would say that co- women's college basketball <laughs> is the highest level. Ratings right. would tell you. I mean, at this point, I, mean, I wouldn't leave. He's a god there. So it's, it's a professional league that's above it. Yeah. You know, those guys. I mean, those those girls right now are aspiring to play in the WNBA. You know, Bill Russell was in the NBA. 
You know, he was winning championships. Of course, if you at the pinnacle of your sport, you know what I mean? Of course you, you oh, want his, to win it. Wait, what's his what's his record? 472-61? What? Where? Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> 88 no, winning percentage, 88 uh, winning percentage, 88% winning percentage. That's crazy. That's, that's his crazy. conference record, I think. That's his conference record. Underneath okay. is his actual record, 1,083 and 297, I believe. Well, that's 78%. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's weak. He can't get over 80%, I don't believe it. Like, right? He ain't covering the spread. <laughs> it ain't real. It ain't legit. That's I never right. believe. Coach. I never I, believe. I, 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 I mean, when people call him great, I, I just have to. You're right now. I mean, all he has to do now is send the letter to get a girl to come there. He doesn't have to go on recruiting trips. Exactly. It's just a phone call. like, yo, UConn. Is is so, Phil Jackson a great coach? I believe he is, yeah. Oh, because he had Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, <laughs> and Shaquille O'Neal. Let him walk the best down players, down arguably, oh. in the world. Now, see I how mean, you instantly shake your head, bro? That's no, what no, I'm no. saying. Look at you. Right, well, right, well, on it. <laughs> you I just mean, tell again, it on yourself. Again. Again, Phil Jackson was an assistant, you know, with Chicago. Uh, you know, I'm not going to give him all the credit, but he still coached Michael Jordan before he was the head coach. So when, once he took over, you know, he you know he brought along Tex winners and that, you know, instilled that triangle <laughs> offense. He got Jordan, who was a flat-out scorer, to buy into that offense and to buy into that system. So that's what makes him a great coach. So him going over to L.A., that was another challenge because L.A. was in ruins. I mean, they had Shaq, they had Kobe, but they ain't know how to win. So he took on the challenge, unlike Gino Oriema. He went to L.A., uh, uh, taught them guys how to win championships. So that's the difference. Again, and that's the NBA. There's nothing I'm, higher. I'm going to go and coach the best player in history of the NBA, win six chips. Then I'm going to wait until they acquire... Shaquille O'Neal switched the whole world around to get me another young Jordan and then win more championships. And you ain't going to sit there and say that he didn't have any advantage, but you're going to talk about this young college dude, Coach, bringing a, a red, red freshman. Come on, man. What are you he didn't go to the Wizards and do it. How about this? How about this? Is Greg Thomas- <laughs> Is Greg Popovich a great coach? I believe he is a great coach, yes. Oh, you know why he's a great coach? Because he was a general manager who lucked out and got the number one draft. <laughs> fired. I'm going to pick Tim <laughs> with my world star center, win a championship when the league is in a frenzy, okay. only playing half the, half the season, <laughs> the first chip, and then go on a run with one of the best power fours of all time. Oh, <laughs> He just stepped into a situation that was already pre-built for. Come on, man. Come on, man. Again, but you naming guys that's coaching at the NBA level. I, you're defending a guy that's playing. Chip, and you're calling them great, even though they have the best players in the world. I mean, but Phil Jackson, Phil, I mean, Michael Jordan wasn't Michael. I mean, he was great, but he wasn't, you know, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. When, when Phil Jackson took over, Michael Jordan didn't know how to win. Bill Jackson taught him how to win. Yes, he was talented. Of course he was talented. Shaq was talented, but Shaq also had coaches before Phil Jackson. So as dominant as he was, he still did not win. Shaquille O'Neal taught him how to win. team to the finals on the pure fact that he was Shaquille O'Neal. Literally the most dominant team. I don't even know who the coach was in Orlando. I don't even know how the players 
they had a young Penny Hardaway who wasn't it, hurt at the time. They had they nobody. had veterans. They had veterans. Jordan. We got to do something about this brother dunking all over everybody. Oh no, you can't get. We got to talk about something else because you're just making me mad with your hypocrisy. You just. <laughs> I'm not being a hypocrite, man. Because we talking about it. We talking. Don't make me put your mic. You're talking crazy, you. <laughs> Seriously, we talk about NBA uh, coaches against a, a, a women's college coach. Talking about staying in your lane. You know when you leave the Chicago Bulls when Jordan leaves. That's when you leave. You know when you leave when when Kobe and Shaq ain't Kobe and Shaq no more. When you come back when Kobe gets tooled up with thirty-two people to equal Shaq. That's oh, but you the greatest. No, sir. Brian Hill was the coach of the Magic when they went to the finals. But yeah. <laughs> Brian Hill. They had Horace Grant, Dennis Scott. Yes. I don't they know. They had shooters. <laughs> they had a veteran that won three teams. Nick Anderson. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Nick, Nick messed up the free throw, so Co- Shaq he didn't get four in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, that Nick Anderson. That Nick Anderson. That's the guy. He, he, but Shaq didn't do nothing without. Oh, come on, man. Shaq. It was Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> if he can hit a free throw, you better tell me he couldn't nobody coach him on free throws. He didn't need no coach. He was running through grown people. Uh, who's your MVP, Rashawn? <laughs> who's your MVP? Who you got? Because I'm over here looking at Westbrook uh, dunking people's babies and shooting 80 feet uh, three-pointers <laughs> to win the game, getting that George W. Who you got? I got Westbrook. Like, how could you not have Westbrook? I, listen, if you, if you don't have Westbrook, I honestly think you hating on the kid. You know what I mean? That's just my thing. Like, you know, he's he's done something that has not been done in 55 years and only has been done by one man in the history of the NBA. Thousands and thousands of people has played in the NBA, but thousands, I mean, you know, only one man, well, now two, has done what he's done, and that's average a triple-double during the season. He's six foot three, you know? He lost the, arguably the second-best player on the planet, and he elevated his game. You know, uh, listen, James Harden is having a great season. I'm not taking anything away from James Harden, but you just cannot ignore the historical nature of what Russell Westbrook is doing. You cannot ignore it. And I think this kid deserves it. For all the things that you've heard about him, that he's not a team player, he's not this, he's selfish, and this and that and that and this. You know, the guy's averaging, you know, 10.3, what, 10.3 assists a game, you know? Or 10.4 assists a game. You know, he they, they are winning, too. They're going to the playoffs. So, listen, man, I, listen, I know James Harden made that quote. I thought, you know, MVPs is about yeah, winning. Yeah, we're going to talk about that next story. <laughs> oh, all right. James Harden. Uh, J- Jason, what you think about what you think about my West cookie? Oh, he's got to be the MVP. Here's the craziest stat that I found on this whole thing. They said if Westbrook played at the same pace per minute that Oscar Robertson played in back in 61-62, you know how they go break that down? Yeah. They said his with his production, if you you know extrapolate it, he'd be averaging fifty one point four, seventeen point four rebounds, and sixteen point nine assists. That's crazy. Playing in that same era at the same pace with what he's doing now. So he's from one big O from one big O to another, you know, being old doctor. <laughs> uh, Oscar Robinson, that's a bad man, Majama. That's one of them old school dudes that my dad used to talk about when I was a kid. Him and Will Chamberlain, and uh, just somebody who could literally do whatever he wanted to do on the court, and for someone to break his record, I mean, now the rebounding part, 
yeah, there's some shady stuff about Westbrook getting rebounds, uh, but that's yeah, but in all matter. sports where your teammates help you do things. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, you, you want to break 20 yards rushing? All right, we're going to get on our horse, and everybody's right. pushing left, and we're going to get you these last five yards. That's sports in general and team sports. So I don't want to hear nothing about, oh, whatever, boxing out for him to get the rebound. Well, then shut up and get inside the box and get the rebound yourself Mm -hmm. because it's still the game. You still got to get the ball, and he's still doing it. That's my MVP. I'm about to cry, put a tear on like T.O., put my shades on and say, that's my MVP. I I think it's crazy because after Durant left, I think people joked around saying, watch Westbrook go and average a triple-double this year without, without Durant there, and then he really did it. And yeah. the bottom line, he, he's sticking it to um, Durant because earlier you said Durant's the second best player in the world. I think Durant's like the fourth best player in the world this year. I, I'd stick him behind a couple other people because basically he's just out there on autopilot with that? the best team. Huh? We said that? That Durant was the second best player? Oh, Rashawn just said it in general because oh, it's a general concept of he is the second best player. I said okay. arguably. Arguing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm arguing that. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm gonna put <laughs> I'm gonna put Kawhi in second Kawhi. place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kawhi yeah. is my guy. Uh, is the second best player in the league slash world slash universe. But um, so yeah, we're all in a grill. I know Seamus wants Westbrook because if he don't, I might slap him. And it was his birthday last week, so he don't want that. So I know he on the West Cookie train. Uh. Let's talk you guys about. Want me to pick Harden, just so it sounds like we we can argue. Oh no, we gonna talk about Harden <laughs> stuff right now. That's the next story. I know. And uh, the the next story is should wins matter? Because apparently Harden said wins matter. Now before y'all say anything, I'm just gonna tell you something. <laughs> the Houston Rockets are not the number one team in the league. Right. Yeah. I'm looking around like, so you want somebody from Golden State to be MVP? <laughs> you just said it sounds stupid. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you ain't been in the finals. You ain't been able to get out of the West. And you still this year ain't going to be able to get out of the West. So you, like West Cookie, going to be sitting at home on the couch, dollars to donuts, when the NBA finals come around. I best to believe it. I'm not saying I know it. I'm just saying what it is. <laughs> what you got to say on that, Rashad? What you think about hard talking smack about George W's? I absolutely agree with you, man. I absolutely, but I listen. I think he, <laughs> I think he was meaning it in a way between him and uh, you know Russell Westbrook, not him in the entire league. You know, what I mean? both of them don't get that MVP. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I know, but that's that's what I'm saying. That's he basically got to resort to that now. Like you know, look, my team is my team got a better record. My team is the number three team in the Western Conference. So you know, listen. <laughs> Listen, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was a funny statement. <laughs> here, here, here's the way that breaks down to me, right? Take Harden off that team. I fully believe that that team is an A seed in the West. Yeah. Take Westbrook off OKC. I believe that they're a dead animal behind a dumpster in the back of a <laughs> alley in Brazil somewhere, a body that nobody's going to find. They just... They dead last. They they behind the sixes without Westbrook. That's what I believe. <laughs> that team couldn't get a George W. Bush if they paid somebody to stay home. They could. They still could get the win. They trip on their way on the court. So yeah. uh, MVP's most valuable player, and it's always LeBron James. Yeah. He's the most yeah. valuable player in the league. Second to that is to me is Kawhi Leonard because again the Spurs, the Spurs are the Spurs are a team. But they always need that catalyst, and he is their new catalyst. 
and I just I just want Westbrook to win this this thing because I want to see somebody with some dope stats that don't give a ham Sammy about what he says to people. Like when they're like, oh, you're trying to pad your stats to get the assists? He's like, dog, I'm six for 90. What else yeah, am yeah. I supposed to <laughs> I need somebody else to put the ball in the hole because I can't tonight. Like it's not about that all the time. So, oh, I love me some Westbrook. At least Rockets Thunder should be a fun playoff series. Oh, oh let, me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If for some odd reason it's not gonna happen, but if it did, if the Houston Rockets lose to them or to somebody else suspect, I'm gonna laugh and harden not playing defense, the beard fear <laughs> his life. I tell you that. All right, what else we got going on? Um, Kevin Durant's back. Does anybody care? Do y'all care? No, I actually do. I mean, I, I'm curious to see how it's going to mess up the little chemistry they got going there. Now, I know he came back. You know, he had a double-double 16.10 rebounds. But, you know, Golden State was looking like the 73-9 and nine team, you know, on that 13-game winning streak before he came back. And uh, I know that they were starting to gel before he got hurt. And they look dangerous. They look scary. Uh, so hopefully they can get that back. But that remains to be seen. Yeah, Steph and Clay don't know how to play with him right now. I mean, I know they were winning when he was there, but they're both not used to being the second and third options in the offense. And you could see when he was out, they both felt a lot more comfortable in their normal roles in that on that team. I think that Kevin Durant being on that squad is going to get them bounced out of the Western Conference. I, I think they might not make it to the finals this year. Well, I don't think they have the bench depth to win in the playoffs. That was always one of their uh, secret strengths was that second unit that they could bring in and could score against anybody and or keep a lead where it was or shrink a, you know, a little deficit and let the starters rest. They gave up a lot to get Durant. And they, they, they brought in somebody very similar to themselves, okay? So here's my thing. <clears throat> if I happen to have a choking hazard... I'm not going to bring in a choke expert to relieve me of my choking hazard. I'm just saying. So if I'm sitting here at the, at the table choking, I don't want somebody else choking at the table with me. I'm like, dude, somebody got to save me. Why are we, we all choking? Ain't nobody free with their hands to choke us. So I just get the feeling that they're going to go in there and not mesh well. Somebody's going to put the body on them because that's all they got to do to Steph Curry. And when his threes don't fall, London Jesus. Bridge is coming down, and, and I Draymond's want it to happen so that, bad. I Draymond's want Wardell not to make it to the finals like I want the devil to <laughs> die. I just want it to happen. I'm so <laughs> well. I think I think that's wishful thinking on your part because name a team in the Western Conference that can beat them. Uh, Spurs. That's Spurs it. can't Spurs can't hang with. Listen, I love Greg Popovich and I right. love Kawhi Leonard and I love that team. Their guards cannot hang with Golden State's guards. Can, can I tell you something? Can I, can I tell you something? Two things. One, uh, the bench, as uh, Jason said, is is broken down. Secondly, uh, physical contact was shown to be effective by the Cleveland Cavaliers. When you put a body on, now again, I know I've joked on Popovich, but the one thing he does with coaching is spacing, ball movement, and defense. And if he sees some pattern that works, he's like, oh, put the wood to these fools and see what happens. Now, this this playoffs, people are going to be working on these dudes, and they're not going to have the bench depth that they had last year. And then secondly, I know I just busted on hard and not getting out of the playoffs, but if it's a shootout 
and they got Pistol Pete. Um, I don't know if anybody knows this, but the Houston Rockets broke the record for threes this year. They out there like, <laughs> pew, 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 pew. they shooting threes like it's nobody's business. So, I mean, anything could happen. Golden State could lose. Right. I don't like uh, Wardell uh, uh, Curry, if you didn't know. I don't know if you ever watched the show, but I hate Wardell Curry. Hate him. <laughs> with all my heart. I wish ill upon him if it don't bother his family. Like, yeah, I mean, he could just break an ankle and never play again but still hang out with his kids. That's what I wish for. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's still rich. He's still healthy. But I just want him to never, ever, ever play a game again. I hate Wardell. Hate him. That's not, that's not nice. That's oh, it's wrong, not man. nice, but it's real. I ain't going to lie to nobody. What are he going to do? He don't watch this show. We ain't big time yet. And when he come back and want to sign my jersey for my daughter, maybe I say, all right, Wardell, I guess I'll get it. <laughs> You know, but um, what's what's the next story? Ooh, 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 the yeah. Cavs hitting the club. Uh, <laughs> uh, went to the club. They lost a the game, and then they was hanging out in the club. They lost a the game, blew a twenty six uh, uh, point lead in overtime. Yeah, LeBron James got fouled out with the worst ghost foul I've ever seen in my life. I know. And then LeBron did his normal thing that makes everybody else hate him. And uh, you know, what what LeBron? What just the way he reacted to the foul. I love LeBron, but he just does so many things that make people hate him. It looks like he's a crybaby and stuff. That call was terrible. He deserved to react like that, but you know how people just hate on him for everything. Did you see that call, Rashawn? No, but uh, I think LeBron James deserved a lot of the hate that he get. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I mean, he's the most physically gifted athlete I've ever seen, probably ever to play in the NBA. And the way he be flopping up and down, and, and complaining to the refs. I mean, listen, Jason, I, I know that's your boy. It is. Just, I know. MJ never complained to the refs. MJ. Oh, oh my God. First of all, let me get back to this club real quick. So the boys went down to Miami and went to live that night yeah, uh, yeah. that they lost. Now, first of all, it's a regular season game. Second of all, if anybody should be upset, it's Atlanta that they didn't go spend all their money in the club in Atlanta. They went and took their little quick pop <laughs> to flight Miami. down to Miami. Yeah. And went to club live on the night they lost a 26-point lead. But let me tell you something about the club. The club is a place to relax. And these yes. brothers deserved to relax because you know why? They had a game in Miami. They make the media makes me sick. They act like these fools took an L. And instead of going home to Cleveland, they flew down to Live Land to hang out with some witches. And guess what? When you look at LeBron James bald himself. He's sitting over there with a couple white punks, some other black punks. Ain't even no girls in the little group. He got like midget men hanging out with him. They ain't even playing ball. So it's not like he was out here pimping and stripping like, you know what I mean, people with names like Baby Black 77 dude. You know what I'm saying? He was out there listening to some music, hanging out. And if there's anybody you got to worry about in the club is it's it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> he kept his shirt on matter of fact they got a picture of him up there bro he got his shirt on so you know the party wasn't popping jr wasn't bucky naked so who yeah. cares uh, i hate stories like this i know people think that these guys are supposed to go home and cry after a loss and sit in the dark and wonder what they should have done but they just don't do that it doesn't matter what the sport is man they lose they move on to the next game that's what they – I would be doing the same stuff. If I wasn't here, I'd be sitting on the couch anyway because I'm not allowed out. But otherwise, I would go out, and I'd be having fun. <laughs> Rashawn, you going to the club? Yeah, of course. 
Now, I'm not necessarily a club goer, but if my team... No, I'm saying if you was on a team, you going to go yeah, to the club? Go? Listen, man, listen, they got to unwind. You know, if the coaches don't have a problem with it, if they ain't out there getting into trouble, you know, beating up girls, or, you know, smoking the weed or nothing like that, you know what I mean? They, they cool. They That's grow. what I'm talking about. Like I said, hate the media because we up in the club. Uh, next story, <laughs> something we're all, we teased earlier in the show right off the top, something we all care passionately about. I'm oh. going to let uh, the only person that watches golf, do you watch, how, how often do you watch golf, Jason? I watch the final four holes of the Masters. Okay. Because, okay, so you again, social media was, yeah, that's it. Rashawn, when's the last time you watched a golf game? <laughs> um, you know, I'm noticing something here, a little trend. I can't quite put my finger on it. Oh, the trend is the darkness <laughs> spread. Rashawn, that's the question. I, I honestly don't remember, my man. I probably the last very time, distinctly probably, like it, probably like last it was yesterday, Rashawn. I'm almost positive. I'm going to tell you when the last time you watched a golf game. Because it was the last time I watched a golf game. Golf and match. it was pre-Tiger <laughs> Woods getting ran over by his wife. Okay? <laughs> Watch the golf oh, game. Crazy, Tiger Woods wearing green jackets and yellow jackets and leprechauns and, and swooshing yeah. and dunking balls. Red on Sundays. Red on Sundays. <laughs> hitting 80-mile-an-hour balls through windpipes. That's the last time we <laughs> golf game, my brother. I know it to be true. I actually watched that U.S. Open that he that he won the major. Yeah, uh, was it, it was against who was it against? It was um, it was a playoff too, wasn't it? Yeah, Rocco somebody, Rocco, Rocco, Rocco Media. Yeah, him. Now, I'm not trying to race bait nobody, but besides Tiger being Malaysian, he was actually like fun. Okay, there's something about a dude when he was up in there. Double fisting and jumping and yeah, you know I mean, and everybody was hyped up and talking about it. It made you want to watch a dude with a stick hit a ball that you can't see five thousand yards down onto some green grass that slaves probably used to cut back in like the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> I mean, it's something special about that. Uh <laughs> on the court with the little golf cart, his little Nike swoosh. But nowadays, whoo. Nobody. Uh, the ratings I, are down. He doesn't even do golf stuff anymore after that. <laughs> no, 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 no. And the ratings are down. I don't know if anybody knew. That's the whole point of this story. Yeah. We're not the only ones not watching. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, Tiger was Tiger was the draw. Yeah. They need, they need they need a new Tiger. Um. So yeah, that's all I want to say about golf because we ain't never really gonna ever talk about golf again on this show unless a new Blazion comes back on the uh, 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 golf scene that Tiger makes it care. Say again. Tiger gonna come back. Watch. Yeah, he's done. Tiger, I love Tiger, but he is done. Wait, his hairline's coming back. He's gone. Oh, well, we're wrong. But that's the one sport that you can play until you old. Like you know. Oh, you could play until you're old unless your wife hits you with a car and a wife and body. You could play. But he got hit by a car, bro. And she's putting the golf club through the window. He got Hulk smashed. It's over for him. <laughs> you can't you can't trash talk you can't trash talk after that's happened to you, you know? You yeah, lost yeah. that era of dominance that you have. She's human. Um, okay. So uh, we we're all Philly boys here. The NFL draft experience 
is coming to Philadelphia in 2017. Quick side note, uh, last year we had the Pope, and we used all of our state money to secure the Pope. So now our students don't have money, and now there's a soda tax. But apparently we have enough money to bring the NFL in, shut down half of the Dangum City for three days. <laughs> and pay them, again, leaving our children out in the cold and shutting down schools all they across the world. closing yeah. streets today. But, I believe uh, or yesterday to build it. Yes, so we're, we're on to that. So yay, Philadelphia Draft. Who's going out there to Philadelphia Draft Day? Are you guys going? You going? Huh? Who's going to yeah, go watch it? I won't be there. Huh? I'll watch I'm, the draft, but I won't be there. No, I'm, 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 I'm going to go to Xfinity Live because uh, uh, my co-host is coming into town. And we're going to do a live, uh, you know, uh, video or a live show from Xfinity Live. So, okay. Um, are you going to, anybody taking their kids to the NFL experience? It's going to be too many people. Yeah, right. I would not, love to not, do not, it, but not, it's going to take too, it's gonna be too much. Time. I mean, if you go down on the first day, Jason, you mean you wait in line for three hours, you get to kick a ball through a net and a hole and yeah. possibly see some C rated players? Yeah, man, that's what it's all about. It is. <laughs> Maybe I can announce a pick or something. You know what I mean? I'll, I, I'll get lucky. I, yeah, and stand at the podium and take a hey, picture. There you go. <laughs> yo, that's what we should do, yo, because we ain't got no picture off the show. We should go, go up there, get on the podium. <laughs> yeah. I wear a jersey. You hold up a sign that says pick E section 11, uh, 44th round selects. Oh, too big to play stone. Um, you you might know. get tackled if you run up on that stage. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Look, tackle me right. We might get a contract out of the deal. I might be a dummy for that one. I mean, that's a setup move right there. You're like, yeah, my man hit me. That's cool. It's cool. Get him with the contract. Unsigned, yeah. undrafted, like uh, Tony Romo, who we're about to talk about. I just want to ask me if I was going to the draft. I'm not yeah. really. Uh, I, I, I pretended I was going to. I want to go at least one day, it's gonna be but I'm gonna see what's on and popping. Yeah. Uh, and if it's day raining, three, maybe. If it rains, I'm gonna go. Yeah, day everybody... three, you might be able to get close. Yeah. So. Could you believe that they they uh they closing off the Rocky statue, like they like they 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 basically like putting some kind of fence around it. I would I would figure that you know that the, 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 the you know the new draftees. Want to, want to take that picture? Yeah, like you know, it's just it's just something retarded that Philadelphia is doing. I just don't understand that. Right? How uh, how fast will they bring up booing at the draft because they're in Philly? Will it be like in the first five minutes of the broadcast? Will it be, you know, by pick five, pick ten? What do you guys think? Well, they're gonna boo regardless. They're gonna boo before draft. I know, I know, but how quick will they bring it up? <laughs> like, I, I hope they bring it up early and often because I don't want to disappoint. I want people. <laughs> I want people around the country to always fear coming to Philadelphia home games. I don't yeah. want people coming in here to the link thinking they could buy a ticket to see their team and it's going to be cool. I want them to go to bed at night thinking, damn, if I go to Philly, somebody's going to rob me. And that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, we beat up Santa Claus. Yeah, we boo before the break. Don't come here with that yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? I don't like. I, I went to a game in San Diego. There was not that many San Diego Chargers fans. More fans came from other teams. I don't like that. Drop a dime on that. Fear Philly. That's what I like in these streets. Hashtag um, fear uh, Philly. Yeah, yeah, fear Philly. Uh, Tony Romo is in retirement and wants to be a broadcaster. No, he is a broadcaster. and they, yeah, uh, right? He stole Phil Simms' job. They didn't even let Phil Simms know. First of all, 
I hate Phil Sims. So that's, that's the only thing that Tony Romo's done for me lately. I Did don't you like hear Phil how Sims. Phil Sims oh. found out? How do you find out? His son found out. Chris Sims found out from an NFL insider and texted Phil Sims while he was on vacation, like, hey, I think you're out of a job. You know <laughs> and he what? had to call up and they were like, oh, we had called you. Check your voicemail. Right. <laughs> Rashad, who 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 would you want to tell you that you were fired? Nobody. I would, I would want the <laughs> boss to tell me. Right? Yeah, you would want your boss to tell you. No, nah, but I it, would. it I wouldn't want my son to tell me. Right. <laughs> like, I know, think because it, like, you know, look, I can't look at look if my boss tell me I can go home and lie to my son. You know, <laughs> think about it is he he still got a two year contract, so he's still employed. He's yeah, when, when, you know? when your son come and tell you. He's like, Daddy, how we gonna eat? <laughs> you just got fired. That's right, you just got fired. So, um, first of all, again, I hate Phil Sims for the record. He is the worst. He's the yeah, worst. He is a crotchety old man that lives a laurel life of that he has not lived. He thinks he's special. He ain't special. You Phil Sims and you generally suck. And you act like you're this all-time great, which you're not. Hate Phil Sims. Now he's being replaced by somebody who is Really not at all time great. Right. Never won nothing. <laughs> Only thing he won was a job out of obscurity. Right. Mm-hmm. And people love Tony Romo. Why do people love Tony Romo, Rashawn? I have no idea. Maybe it's his ears. <laughs> I, I, that's okay. the only thing. That's all I got. <laughs> Jason, why do people love Tony Romo? <laughs> no idea. I'm trying to figure out how he got bumped up to the number one team by CBS, too. Like, you would think, all right, cool, he wants to get into broadcast, and they'll throw you on, you know, the third squad or the fourth squad, and you earn your way up because you show some skills. But Romo, I mean, <laughs> you see all the jokes. They're talking about CBS is worried he'll do great for three quarters and then blow the call in the fourth, things like that. Or that when so, he tries to toss it back to the studio, it's going to get intercepted. So the reason he got that job is because of ratings, obviously. Well, and people... It's it's a self-perpetuating story of hype, which is, again, why I hate the media. You talk about Romo, you talk about Romo, you talk about Romo, then his stock goes up. So then when you hire him, everybody's going to tune in just to see him do what? Talk about sports. Cool story. He's a nice guy. Doesn't matter. You don't have a plug. They should have hired us. They should have hired us. The three of us could have did that. uh, Yeah. We ain't never played in the league. We ain't never (laughs) played in the league. So as far as they're concerned, you know what I mean? Tony Romo and his half a, a game playoff experience has got him something. Listen, so, if you Google Jason Ferguson NFL, it's in there. Just don't look at the picture because it's not me. But New York Jets, baby. <laughs> um, last story I threw in there. I don't know if you guys got to read all of it. I didn't but, read uh, it. I saw the headline. It, it, the uh, Des Bryant says black people are not the re- are not the reason they are unsuccessful. Are are the reason they are unsuccessful? The- not white people. Uh, Rashad, are you? The reason you're unsuccessful, or is it white people? I mean, I believe I'm, I mean I believe I'm successful at what I do, but I mean I think this this country, you know, it has its faults. But you you got you got to have a drive, you know what I mean? You know, I, I would never say what Des Bryant said, you know, but I, he, he it is some truth to it. You know, we can't keep blaming everybody else's for our misfortunes. You got to go out there and do it. There's no more excuses. Barack Obama was the president of the United States, man. You know, it don't get higher than that. So I don't I, listen. It is it is situations where, you know, you can be held back. You know what I mean? But 
It is what it is. You got to have that drive. I'm not saying I'm being held back by anything, but <laughs> um, Barack Obama was an African, so he had a leg up <laughs> on becoming president of the United States. No, he didn't. You he call had- me. You call me when Michelle Obama become president because she a thoroughbred. She a hundred. Yeah, but yeah, when you hear that, when you hear that, that he was half white, he wasn't viewed as half white. You oh. know, he 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 identified himself as an African American man who who just so happened to be half white. Regardless of what he was, he was different, and his story wouldn't have been possible, just like you say, nowhere else other than the United States. So on that token, I think that this country has taken a step forward. We might have taken a step back with Donald Trump, but I actually believe in I, people. I, I, I was like just Barack about Trump. to get to how much forward we went to when right <laughs> after the dude that, again, I repeat, African, grew up on an island, raised by his mother, estranged from his father. Uh, he didn't have that much black influence in his life and his growing up. He had more Palasian influence growing up than he did black influence. And uh, don't get me started. Let's not talk about that. Let's get back to the man holding the brothers down. Now, no, the man, generally speaking, is not holding brothers down. The man, which I call politicians, holds everybody down equally. If you ain't in the club, you ain't in the club. But uh, the things that... Uh, uh, scroll down, Amos, on that article so I can read it. The things this fool was saying... Were driving me crazy. He gave the old analogy of I had a friend that was a drug dealer and he wished he would have did better with his life. And oh, I've experienced some racism, but I've never had any problems really. Oh, really? Because maybe you're an athlete and you're a star athlete and people have treated you special because of that most of your life. You get to have the perspective of, oh, I'm a black man and I'm successful. I wonder how successful you'd be if you didn't sometimes catch a ball or pretend to catch it because we all know that that wasn't a catch in uh, the championship game. But he's neither here nor there. I feel like he's bringing up slavery and all this other stuff. He need like he needs to leave that to somebody else because the nuances of the world are this. He's basically talking about Kaepernick not getting a job because quote unquote white people are holding him back. Most of the owners are white. It's a general thing that happens. And it's not just because he's black and pro-black and did the the protest. They just don't want the headache. And I do believe somebody's going to give him a job, but they're waiting for that headache to diminish. Closer to the season, there'll be other things going on. So a team brings him in and signs him. It won't be the off-season hoopla that it would be if they hired him right now. But there's definitely racism in the world and other people holding people back, holding women back, not getting equal pay. So... Yeah, I mean, we can all pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, but at the same time, there's things holding people back. And some some of that stuff is economical, which doesn't affect anybody's race. Um, Jason's white. He's not out here uh, dominating the world. You know what I mean? There, there are things that hold us all back. So I, I don't want to just dismiss the fact of those things. Um, uh, he's, he's pulling up ownership. Again, I when... 99% of ownership is white and 95% of employees are black. There's definitely something to the power structure of the way it works and who's making money off of who. So I agree with you, Rashawn. We, we, we could do our own thing and uh, half of Obama became president on his own merit. I, I, I get it. But I don't want to hear it from Des Bryant. Jason? Yeah, that's, 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 my, that's my thing. Uh, listen, 
I, I think Colin Kaepernick is being blackballed, uh, you know, because I think the people that, that, that own the teams don't understand where he's coming from. You know, I think he offended more people more so than Michael Vick offended people with the dog fighting thing. People look at this flag and, and you know, they take it personal. And I think he's offended, you know, so many powers that be, you know, and I don't, I think this is their chance to say no to him, you know, uh, without even saying no, just not even offering it to him. You know, I, I think we have seen the last of Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. Uh, I think in this case, <laughs> uh, he was held back. Jason? Yeah, I think it's crazy when uh, celebrities or athletes at that type of level try and, uh, you know, speak on things like this. It's because they get stuck with so many people around them telling them how great they are and how smart they are. You know, they have all the yes men in the crew telling them, like, yeah, you know, everything's easy. And it's not like Des Bryant hasn't worked hard to get where he is, because he definitely has. He's a gifted athlete, but he's definitely put in the work to get there. So it's not like he just walked into the NFL. But like you said, he has been given special privileges I mean, he got in trouble at Oklahoma State. He got suspended. He still got drafted after, you know, running into some trouble there. But uh, the Kaepernick thing, we talked about that before. I do think that he's definitely being blackballed for what he did. And basically the owners are proving his point correct by not signing him. They're proving that it's not an equal system and uh, it's not fair. And I know, I do know that he offended certain people. And I, I get why some of those people are offended. And they're allowed to be offended also. The one thing, side note, that cracks me up is <clears throat> I'm waiting for Miami maybe to do something because they could use a backup quarterback. Because at the time when he was doing his protest, the Miami uh, owner was the first person that came out, went to his head coach and said, look, anybody who doesn't want to stand and take a knee, I am fully supportive of them as players. They, they have their rights. Like, And everybody was like, oh, you know, they gave him a whole lot of backlash. And he yeah. didn't bring it up again. He said, look, I made my statements and I'm done because he didn't want the pylon of it. But he did. Right stand up and say, look, I'm just going to support my players because my players are African-American. And if they're saying that this is important to them, let them do it. So, yeah. again, I'm not out here just trying to say the white man is the devil or anything like that. I just, you know, I'll be talking flamboyant. So let's get to this quote, quote that time. Rashawn, right. we be over here reading these quotes, listening to this little bull stuff about uh, 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 people stuff he's saying. You want to read the first one, Jason? Yeah, it's LeBron James. It was uh, going back a little bit, though, since we weren't on last week about the upcoming matchup versus the Celtics that they had. It was important, and he said, man, I've been to six straight NBA Finals. I'm the last person to ask about a regular season game. And then LeBron went out there and turned into playoff LeBron during that game, so that game definitely mattered to him. I mean, the thing that cracks me up about LeBron James when you talked earlier, you guys were talking about him crying. It's like, look, Jordan cried a lot on the court. Like, oh, he did. I mean, I mean, Michael Jordan would literally like look that he's the crying face for a reason. If you call something against him after like that third championship, like I think he got people executed. I'm pretty sure that like refs got taken out to the woodshed, got beat, came back in, and were calling ghost fouls. You know what I'm saying? Like Jordan was kicking people in the face, and nobody cared. Like it, it's just, just like he wasn't era. the saint. Yeah. Oh, no, he definitely wasn't the saint and the myth that he's become. He's still the best player, you know, of, like, of that whole era and everything, and you can argue the best player. I know, Owen, you always go back to Wilt, and I don't want to disrespect Wilt, but MJ's still ahead of LeBron in the argument, so there's nothing we can really say about that. But the myth of MJ still cracks me up. 
Why you shaking your head, Rashawn? You, you on the MJ Because he's train? MJ to the max. <laughs> yeah. It ain't no myth about MJ. It's all factual. <laughs> you can see it. Uh, LeBron James, with that quote, it's, it's him reminding us how great he is. Great players don't have to remind you. Michael Jordan didn't tout his, his resume. You know what I mean? It spoke for itself. <laughs> LeBron James always feel a need to, 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 to let you know that he's the boss. He's the one in charge. He's done this. Oh, I'm tired because I played so many games. I mean, come on, man. You're the most physically gifted athlete probably in the history of the NBA. You know, you started the game young at 18. I understand you tired, but Kobe started the game at 18. He played 20 years. I ain't see Kobe. Kobe Bryant played 15 years. He was injured for like four seasons where he never (laughs) played a game. Don't talk to me about this 20 years of Kobe Bryant's weakness and his shack back. <laughs> Toe and pond. Hey, I'm 18. Let me jump on this lion's back and charge into the fire and let this Simba take all the lion pride down. What are you talking about? Next quote. We were scared to death sitting in the, in the room. Greg Popovich on uh, George Hill for Kawhi Leonard. Oh, he's so lucky again. Greg Popovich swooping down upon the league, getting these. Magical gifts that help him become a great coach and get another chippy while he's got his player resting on the bench. Unlike Michael Jordan, who didn't take a break and take off of basketball for a whole year and a half. I mean, he, he never quit a game. He he played every game straight. He didn't take a break in between his and go sit down on a bench in baseball and act like he with his weak gold chain and his funky little brim-folded hat. No, he didn't. Oh, <laughs> dad died, but I see people every day go out there. The dude from the Lakers, Little Russell, went out there and win the game with a shot. Day his grandfather died. But Michael Jordan, who arguably gambling got his father killed, took a year and a half off, but he played every game straight. He never took a break. He never cried to nobody. Next quote, Jason, before I have a... <laughs> You ain't never coming back on this show. Michael Jordan conversation. You over here talking basketball and these coaches and just blasphemous and disrespectful, as Stephen A. Smith will say. Read the quote, Jason. Oh, Lord. The quote is, (laughs) quote, inaudible, Owen Stone, that last part that we just, that last segment, inaudible. I got nothing for it. But no, we got Kenya Martin was talking about Kobe Bryant. He said, Mamba would literally take your head off to win the game, man. He'd F you up. Nobody ever says shit to Kobe. Like, you know who says something to Kobe? Shaquille O'Neal, he says, stop snitching. You know who says something to Kobe? Kobe's wife, when she said, you better give me that extra big double diamond ring because you out here getting in court and messing up and again getting a break. Went from 8 to 24 because you know the work hours change when you can't go home. I mean, an eight-hour work shift goes into 24 when you can't go home. I'll tell you that video Kobe getting punched in the face. I'll tell you this one thing, though. Well, I'll tell you this one thing, that quote that, that was just read, you know, uh, by King I. Martin, uh, Kobe Bryant, nobody yeah. ever say that about LeBron James. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. But you know what else they wouldn't say about LeBron James? What's that? Uh, I'd go toe-to-toe with him up in these streets. If it was real, for real, because quote unquote, I've seen the freight train go down the train many a time, and it's far and few between who really put him on his butt. Matter of fact, the only person I've really seen to go do it 
is Draymond Green. Draymond Green don't give a ham Sammy about nothing. I've seen hard to rest see for that brother. Yeah, nobody likes Draymond Green. Except for kick him in the nuts, Green. Um, (laughs) One thing that uh, I always said that Michael Jordan never did. He never rested. He played every single game except for the ones I told you he stayed home and played baseball for about two years. But we forget about that because in our hindsight, Jordan was the greatest. Jordan's like my ex-girlfriend that was a model. In my mind, she's still the greatest thing in the world. I mean, because she was a model. But in reality, she wasn't shit. She was all right. I mean, she wasn't a great girlfriend. I mean, she was hot. And at the time, when I was with her, it made me look good. But I, I mean, that's why she's my ex, okay? That's why it's the past. I don't care how much you get along with my jokes. You're fine. Next quote, Jason. You read this quote. Let's go. All right, Coach Brett Brown on Dario Sarge. He said, he is beyond competitive. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He cares. You look at that quality, especially in this city. If you don't have it, you've got no shot. He has it in spades. That's who he is. Super Dario. I believe in Dario because he's the only one that can play a full season. The whole I season. <laughs> Rashad, how much do you love Dario? Rashad, I know you love him, Dario. I love him. I pay for everything they said. He, listen, he got that Philly spirit. He's he's one of those scrappy guys. Like, you know, he's going to go for the ball. He's going to dive. He's giving everything on the court. You can tell it means so much to him to be playing in the NBA. So I absolutely agree with uh, Coach Brown said on Dario. What is going on with his hairline in that picture? Uh, I mean, he's he's <laughs> he's foreigner. That's, so that's what's going on with hairline. He he's he gonna get a haircut. He's gonna get a shave. But one day, some Philly barber gonna get a hold of him and tune him up right. But <laughs> he got um, a my favorite thing is I yeah. I feel like we finally got us uh international player like a Turkaloo, like you know what I mean, like the dudes yeah. that just like a like a coup coat, like you know what I mean, just a dude that's gonna be around a long time, solid player. Um, I appreciate his service. Yeah, yeah. Um. You'll be talking about Russ being the triple-double king, Oscar Robinson. Ain't that the truth? That's our MVP. That's unanimous. We ain't even got to talk about that. Next quote. (laughs) Steve Kerr. This should have followed the Dennis Rodman criticizing LeBron quote. Steve Kerr says, I got a good kick out of that. Dennis was suspended 15 games a year anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And I I bet he wasn't playing baseball while he was suspended either. I bet he wasn't. Rashawn, real quick, real quick, without me yelling at you. What you got to say about that break, brother? Huh? What you got to say about that season and a half break? The best what you got to say done. about that 162 game rest in a row? Owen's oh, angry hour. Listen, I, listen. I'm listening. I agree with you. I agree with you that it may have had something to do with his pop getting killed. That gambling. So mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. nothing I can say about that. You know what I mean? Nope, nope. Uh, but but uh, my question is, what about the rest? Do you think the rest helped him go for that other three peat? No, he played baseball, man. Yeah, uh, but he didn't play what? He didn't play basketball. But oh, okay, then baseball. that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Because he wasn't like a great baseball player where he played every day or he had some tenuous position to play. He sat around eating sunflower seeds, you ready? traveling with the team. You ready? Tim Tebow is a better baseball player than Michael Jordan. Oh, was. hell no. Oh, what? Uh, yes, he yes, he yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is. When's the last time Michael Jordan <laughs> hit a home run? T- Oh, you on the nose with that one? <laughs> <laughs> Jordan hit two home runs. Tebow hey, got two home runs. <laughs> already got two home runs, and the season just started two days ago. Uh, quote, <laughs> I'm going to have two. I'm not going to have too many summers. This might be one of my last ones. 
Dirk on working out uh, uh, Porzing God Unicorn. Uh, he needs to work out with uh, uh, retirement because I'm tired of seeing Dirk Nowitzki. He got his 30000 retire. Next quote. Oh, man, Lonzo Ball. LeBron was making fun of his shot during one of the pregames, and Lonzo Ball got permission from his dad to say, my favorite player is shooting like me. I'm going to smile. Uh, cool story, bro. Next next quote. <laughs> um, I don't think losing bothers these guys in the NBA anymore. Everyone's hugging out there when we're playing, and they're trying to make take people's head, and we were trying to take people's heads off. First of all, Kenya Martin, you ain't never won nothing. I don't care if you was nobody's friend. Maybe you should have been a friend. Maybe you'd have got a chip somewhere along the line. Second <laughs> of all, back then people were still hugging when you were playing, bro. Like I seen it, believe it, like a 20 year zenith. And I don't in the 80s, that. they used to hug. They sometimes they give a little kiss on the cheek, all that stuff before the games. They did all that, man. This is all people just pretending their era was better. <laughs> Next. Uh, we already talked a lot about this one. James Harden on the MVP race. I thought. Winning was what this is about, period. And that's what it is. And that's why he's not going to win the MVP, because <laughs> it's about winning. This is this uh, one was for you, Owen. What is it? Read it. What is it going? What's going on? Uh, Kiko Alonzo posted a picture on his Instagram. It's him uh, tackling LaShawn Shady McCoy. And uh, I don't know what the, um, the actual, what his caption is, but Shady commented on it. <laughs> Boy, your dad wish you was as good as me. And your new contract garbage, LOL, my 2011 money. Take me off your page, you bum. Ooh. <laughs> That's good smack talk. I hate this dude so much. This dude from the Cleveland Buster Browns getting this on all funny. this media, commenting this on funny. everything. I, know. I hate this him. This one's funny. It is funny, though. I give him that. Yeah. And Lighter United kicking that dude off the plane and busting his brain wide open. He said, Dear United, I had to reaccommodate someone once, too, with a little pick of him <laughs> face masking somebody and punch him in the nose. That was funny, but I don't like that dude, and I hate him because uh, I hate the Cleveland Browns, but I love the way the Cleveland Browns are going to turn the ship around. Um, <clears throat> so as we have confirmed, uh, the show is now over. Uh, yeah. It's Seamus' birthday month. Uh, happy birthday to Amos to Seamus producing the uh, uh, show. And again, take a note uh, to block and or ban Rashawn. So before we block slash ban you, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you because they, they ain't going to find you here no more. They ain't going to find you <laughs> back around here. They ain't going to find you with an invite. They might not even find you with a link to this show. But go ahead and tell them for the listeners and the viewers where they can find you, Baby Black 77. Because I tell you what, grand opening, grand closing, brother. I appreciate you. I don't like firing another black man. You know, we out here together. We trying to do it. But you out here talking this slanderous, hypocritical, fraggle naggle, and I'm not having. It. I know. Bring I'm that Des Bryant quote. Bring up that Des Bryant thing again. Like. <laughs> Give me oh, a. Oh, yeah. uh, my Y'all can find me uh, on Twitter at babyblack 77 uh, Catch my show on Fridays with Kelly Kells, uh, the Red Zone Live from 68. Uh, shout out to the Momentum Shift family, uh, Jason, Frank, Courtney. Um, that's what we do, man. Um, again, check out his show at his site, <laughs> Twitter, at his house, because he ain't coming back here. I tell you what, when somebody loved Michael Jordan that much that they blocked, <laughs> that's why I have Frank on the show. That's why I <laughs> you here, Frank. I know you listening with your little Tar Heel Nation self. You just... <laughs> 
Oh, I was about to say a D word with the rod. You just rolled Michael Jordan from uh, uh, North Carolina over to Chicago. And you kept it running. And then you brought Rashad on trying to sneak tip me. He ain't nothing but a black Frank. That's what he is. Baby black Frank 77. I see what's going on in these streets. I'm on the show, Jason. And where they can find you. Oh, I'm upset tonight. I'm upset. Go ahead and apologize, Jason. Tell me where they can find you. Oh, my God. You can follow me on Twitter at the study hall. I'm sorry. Yo, and you can find all of the momentum shift shows on goingfor2.com. Also, all our shows are linked there, too. And that's a, that's a good place to find them. But this, is, this was the best show we've ever done, man. Oh, oh man. Because normally I'm yelling at Jason. That's, That's right. right. So I'm happy. <laughs> Somebody else taking this heat. Uh, 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 Lord knows. Man, man, thank you for producing the show. Yeah. Uh, you can find me, uh, I, oh, Doctor, on Twitter. IQMZ.com will host this show. The first and last appearance of Rashawn. I'm <laughs> episode. If we can figure out how to blur a face and put it in witness protection, we're going to do that, Amos. That's how we're going to do this. Uh, follow us on Twitter. If you got money, throw it at Patreon. If you don't, subscribe on YouTube or iTunes or RSS or Android or all the places we're going to be without Rashad Reeves because this is last year. Because I don't want to Oh, thank you for coming, brother, and I appreciate you leaving. Take the show off. <laughs> All right, fellas. Oh, man. I appreciate you, Rashawn. Yeah, All right, man. Have a good one. <laughs> man, look, I hate Jordan lovers. I know. He would have <laughs> loved Jordan so much, man. It's a lot. <laughs>